focus on headline. All right, let's take a look at what major issues are making the headlines today on Focus on Headline. For this, uh, joining us in the studio today, we have our reporters in Lee Ji-young and Chang Hana. Guys, welcome back. Good evening. Good evening to you guys. We're going to talk weather to start off our program today. Again, it is monsoon season, but uh, as we've been seeing sort of in the past few years, uh, we've been seeing very volatile uh, weather patterns. Uh, when rain does come down in many parts of the country, it does come down very, very hard. Uh, we have been seeing these continuous downpours causing a number of uh, serious incidents around the country. First and foremost, uh, Chiang, tell us more about the current weather situation here in the country. Uh, sure, SJ. Now, according to the Central Disaster and Safety Countermeasures Headquarters, a house collapsed due to a landslide in Yeongju, Gyeongsangbuk-do province, at around 4.43 a.m. local time. And also, a 14-month-old baby trapped in the house was found in a cardiac arrest by the local fire department and was rushed to a nearby hospital. Now, in both Cholanamdo and Gyeongsangbukdo province, a total of 248 households and around 350 people have been evacuated to village halls or relatives' homes uh, due to the fears of landslides and flooding. Now, the blackout also affected 185 households in the Pungsong area of Pungwa County, Gyeongsangbukdo province, and public facilities and private homes have been affected as well with reports of damage to roads, bridges, a river embankments, and more. Um, also, investigations are going and the damage, uh, damage numbers are expected to increase. Meanwhile, the national parks have also been impacted uh, due to the heavy rain that we've been seeing so far with 18 parks and 453 trails being closed, including Tadohe, Mudungsan, and Chirisan National Parks. Now, even some ferry routes have been suspended due to stormy seas. Now, unfortunately, uh, the forecast doesn't look promising. Now, heavy rain alerts are in effect in Jeju, Jeolla, and Gyeongsang provinces uh, with heavy rainfall of 10 to 30 millimeter per hour continuing to pour in these regions. Now, there is an expected rainfall of up to 200 millimeters in Jeju, 100 millimeters in Jeolla Namdo province and Gyeongsang Namdo province and 60 millimeters in Jeolla Bukdo. Gyeongsangbukdo, uh, Ullungdo, Dokdo, and up to 40 meter, millimeters in central regions. And it seems the rainy season will continue into the weekend and beyond, SJ. Yeah, so it seems like at least in the Seoul and the surrounding regions, the rain has sort of stopped and it really mm -hmm. didn't uh, rain as much as some of the other southern regions. But we've been talking about these co really uh, contrasting uh, weather patterns that we've been seeing. Last year it was the central region that saw a whole lot of rain and then mm -hmm. the southern regions, especially Especially the Chola, the Chola provinces mm -hmm. uh, saw drought basically where mm -hmm. it impacted their agriculture. Now we're seeing the other thing where the central regions are relatively drier than some of the uh, southern regions out mm -hmm. there, whereas the Chalado regions and the uh, the Gyeongsangdo regions hit hard with these rain. So again, the forecast is suggesting 
uh, although we are seeing changes on an hourly basis that it could worsen uh, day by day here. So what can we expect in terms of the effects on daily life and uh, safety of the people in the region? Uh, yeah, now the effects are already severe, uh, as in especially in the regions, as you just mentioned, down in the south. Um, in addition to the heavy rain, gusty winds are expected nationwide, and Jeju is expected to experience some strong winds with gusts up to 90 kilometers per hour until tomorrow. Now, the heat is also a concern as well, as temperature in many areas are expected to exceed 30 degrees Celsius this weekend due to high humidity. Now, heat stroke is a real concern under such conditions. And also, sea conditions are also expected to be rough uh, with strong winds and high waves forecast for most coastal areas accompanied by thunderstorms. So people must ex exercise extreme caution. So it will be best to stay indoors this weekend. That's right. And especially because I do know that uh, it's vacation season. A lot of people are traveling out and about and uh, Jeju being one of the more popular destinations out there. Mm -hmm. I hope you guys are practicing caution. Uh, continue to tune into radio. Uh, I know our reporters are on the scene uh, trying to get as much information as possible uh, when it comes to the weather conditions. And just a uh, tip for all of our listeners out there because I suffer, you know, this heat stroke is intense stuff because you don't have to be sitting or standing in the sun uh, to get heat stroke. When you're out in the, out in the heat and you're very thirsty, uh, don't drink something that is ice cold mm. uh the 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 medical people say basically drink like lukewarm water mm -hmm. uh because if you drink cold very cold water out of nowhere it actually exacerbates things and mm -hmm. i remember a couple of years back i actually suffered a, a heat stroke and i was it was the worst thing I've ever experienced, uh, but nevertheless, uh, we'll continue to keep a close tab on the weather conditions uh, throughout the nation here. Uh, let's move on here. The birth notification system bill. This is the uh, bill to prevent parents from failing to register their baby's birth, uh, resulting in these unregistered children is expected to be on the table in the National Assembly's plenary session on Friday. We talked about this with Jessica yesterday on some of the issues over unregistered babies and a terrible incident uh, we found in uh, Suwon mm -hmm. uh, not too long ago. So Hannah, fill us in on this. Yeah, sure. So now the National Assembly held its final plenary session of the June Extraordinary Session and voted on major bills, including the revision to the Act on Registration of Family Relations. And this focuses on birth registration. And new ju news just came in and said, it in fact, the bill passed the National Assembly for the birth notification system. Now, the case revealed a loophole in South Korea's baby registration system in which only parents are required to report the births of their uh, children to the government within a month after their birth, uh, leaving open the possibility of abuse of unregistered babies. And the new uh, legislation requires hospitals to notify local governments of baby information within 14 days after birth via the Health Insurance Review and Assessment Service. Now, the bill unanimously passed the Ju Judiciary Committee on Thursday Thursday. And if a parent fails to register a birth for more than a month, the local governing body must give the mother seven days notice to register the birth. And if no registration is made, then the local governing body may ex officio register the birth with court authorization. And now the revision will take effect one year after the uh, promulgation. That's right. Uh, yesterday in the program, we talked about maybe some of the reasons for why some of these parents actually don't register their children. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, 
uh, in normal cases, I remember even for myself, as soon as uh, my son was born, the day after we registered him and so forth. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of, um, you know, unmarried uh, parents. Mm -hmm. uh, there are also uh, teenage parents who are afraid to get caught. And so they try to kind of dodge the system by unregistering their children. But there's also uh, terrible incidents, as we uh, heard about the, the Suwon incident with the uh, two infants. Uh, so hopefully this bill mm -hmm. uh, this really changed things here. Uh, there was another bill introduced during Friday's plenary mm -hmm. session. The National Assembly decided to hold a vote on whether to introduce an opposition-led pro-labor bill. This is dubbed the Yellow mm -hmm. Envelope Bill, uh, directly to the plenary session for debate. You have more on this. Yes. Now, the so-called Yellow Envelope Bill is a bill to revise the Trade Union and Labor Relations Adjustment Act, aiming to restrict filing damage suits against striking workers. Now, the bill had passed the Labor Committee in February, but had since been pending at the Judiciary Committee, chaired by the ruling People Power Party for more than 90 days. And by law, a parliamentary committee can send a bill directly to a plenary session for debates and final approval with three-fifths support from its members if the Judiciary Committee takes no action for more than 60 days after taking over the bill. Now, the main opposition Democratic Party, which holds majority control of the Assembly, also plans to adopt a parliamentary resolution urging the government to file a complaint with the International Tribunal for the Law of the Sea over Japan's plan to release contaminated water from its crippled Fukushima nuclear power plant. And earlier this week, opposition members of the Parliamentary Oceans and Fisheries Committee unilaterally passed the resolution after their counterparts from the ruling party uh, left the committee meeting in mass in protest. And additionally, four opposition parties, including the DP, will put a vote a uh, proposal to designate a special bill aimed at supporting victims of the Itaewon crowd crush as a fast-track bill requiring expedited deliberations. And the DP also plans to submit a proposal to launch a parliamentary investigation against the state audit agency, claiming the agency is unduly targeting government officials appointed during the previous Moon Jae-in administration. Let's move on here. Uh, South Korea's industrial production, consumption, and investment increased simultaneously last month, marking the first time all three indicators have grown since February. However, uh, the rates of growth has been seeing relative modest uh, growth, indicating that the economy is not yet fully rebounding just yet. Chiang, uh, could you walk us through the details of this? Oh, sure, SJ. Now, according to the report released by Statistics Korea today, the total industrial pro production index, excluding agriculture, forestry, and fisheries, stood at 111.1% as of May, uh, which is a 1.3% increase compared to the previous month. Now, this is the largest increase in 14 months. Now, manufacturing is the star player here, uh, driving this growth with a 3.2% increase. But it's not all sunshine, as you mentioned, SJ, because our semiconductor industry uh, is still trying to catch up with these numbers. Now, they had a bit of a boost in May, but compared to last year, they're still 16.7% behind. Now, also, inventory to shipment ratio declined as well from 130.1% in April 
to 123.3% in May. Now, this was due to a decrease in automobile and machinery inventories, uh, although semiconductor inventories increased slightly. Uh, However, an official from Statistics Korea said that it's too early to see a clear rebound um, as there are no sign of a significant increase in semiconductor exports. Now, when it comes to the country's investment figures, uh, investment in equipment rose by 3.5% last month, uh, and this was fueled by growth in machinery and aircraft sectors. Now, despite a dip in civil engineering, uh, an uptick in architecture led to a 0.5% rise in on in construction uh, completions uh, recently. Now, the service sector is a mixed bag here. Um, It actually dropped slightly by 0.1% overall. And in hospitality and food business, it took uh, a 4.5% hit uh, thanks to some uh, lousy holiday weather in May and more Koreans traveling abroad. Now, retail, however, had a win and the retail sales index rose by 0.4% to 100 5.2% in May, with folks spending more across all kinds of goods. So in a nutshell, we've got some good reasons to be optimistic, uh, like increased investment and better industrial production. But other areas like the service sector and the semiconductor industry aren't bouncing back as quickly. Uh, Plus, our leading economic indicator isn't moving up as well. So it's safe to say we're seeing some improvements in the economy, but we're still uh, still uh, have to treating carefully. Yeah, I think uh, it's sort of was the consensus moving forward, I think, uh, because there was a whole lot of external uh, factors, right? Mm -hmm. We thought that, you know, post COVID-19 pandemic, everything was going to be, you know, improving on the economic level. And then you had the war in Ukraine, mm-hmm. which is kind of stalling the uh, the rebound in the economy. Right. But uh, at least the consensus is that this slowdown is going to continue on for the rest of the year. But uh, hopefully uh, we'll rebound a little bit quicker than some of the other countries mm-hmm. out there. Uh, let's move on. We did talk briefly about this particular issue uh, regarding the former special prosecutor in Pagyongsu. Uh, the court, however, denied mm-hmm. arrest warrant for the special uh, former special prosecutor uh, over corruption charges. Hannah, uh, tell us more about this. Yes, indeed. Now, the prosecutors originally planned to speed up their investigation into the alleged 5 million club by reorganizing their investigative team, but their attempts have been put on hold. The Seoul Central District Court dim- dismissed the arrest warrant requested by the prosecution on Friday after holding a pre-trial interrogation of Park the previous day. And now the court concluded that when the statements of the relevant persons, which are the main evidence, are examined in light of the results of the interrogation, there is room for dispute in factual and legal terms regarding the applicability of the suspect's duties, the actual receipt of the bribe, and the establishment of the promise to provide the bribe. And now the court added that restraining the suspect at this point seems to unduly restrict the right to defense. And prosecutors also suspect that Park conspired with his former assistant Yang Jieshik, uh, but in a separate decision, the court also denied the arrest warrant sought for Yang. And with the dismissal of the arrest warrant, prosecutors plan to secure the services of former special prosecutor Park to investigate the nature of the funds his daughter received from Hwachandeyu are likely to be disrupted. And the Seoul uh, Central District Prosecutor's Office 
issued a statement shortly after the warrant was dismissed, saying it is difficult to understand the court's reason for dismissing the warrant in a situation where it is fully recognized that money was received and promised in exchange for solicitation based on the statements of a number of relevant persons and objective evidence supporting them. And they said, we will consider whether to reapply for an arrest warrant through further investigation. Yeah, this uh, particular issue, again, we've talked about the... Uh uh, the whole Taejangdong scandal, mm-hmm. the land development scandal, which really impacted last year's uh, presidential election as uh, the DP candidate at the time, you know, Lee Jae-myung was kind of mired in this. And then, you know, everyone thought that once the uh, presidential election was done and over with, that this was going to be something of the past. But it's still coming out right now, more information coming out. We'll see how things pan out. Mm-hmm. And as I always say, we'll keep a close tap on this very issue as well. Uh, we'll move on now. South Korea upping its game in def- uh, missile defense in response to the mounting threats from North Korea. Now, their Air Force uh, is about to roll out an upgraded missile defense operation center just south of Seoul. Uh, Ji-young, fill us in on the details of this. Sure. Now, the new KAMD operation centers will be located at the Osan Air Base in Pyeongtaek, which is around 60 kilometers uh, south of Seoul. Uh, KAMD stands for the Korea Air and Missile Defense, which is a key element of South Korea's three-tier defense strategy. Now, apart from KAMD, uh, the defense system includes the North Korea, uh, excuse me, the Korea Massive Punishment and Retaliation Plan, which is an operational plan to uh, incap- incapacitate North Korean leadership in a major conflict. Now, the third element is the Kill Chain, which is a preemptive strike platform. Now, the KMD Operation Centers is an upgrade from the previous Korea Theater Missile Operation Cell and. It comes after two uh, after two months of system stabilization and operational preparations, following the system's delivery to the Air Force in April. Now, the upgrade is uh, aimed at significantly reducing the time required to process ballistic missile data and enabling linkages with more detection and interception assets. Now, this would mean a faster and a more effective response to prote- potential threats from North Korea. Guys, uh, let's move on to a very interesting uh, issue that has Mm -hmm. uh, come about in the United States. Um, I went to university in the United States, Mm -hmm. and uh, although it was many, many years ago uh, that I sent in my college applications, Mm -hmm. uh, which cost a lot per applications, uh, I remember uh, my dream school at the time was... uh, NYU, New York Mm. University. It was a school that I really wanted to go to because it was a good school and it was really close to my house and so forth. And my high school grad advisor said, SJ, you're not going to be able to get into this school (laughs) because of your grade and uh, your SAT score, although it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, The vast majority of the points they take out is from your high school GPA. Mm. The SATs is not as important as your GPA. And I said, well, Mr. So-and-so, Maybe I could use affirmative action as an Asian. And he said, are you kidding me? (laughs) Affirmative action for Asians? (laughs) Affirmative action for NYU and Asian as an Asian does not exist. And so that is when I first learned uh, the lesson of affirmative action. Well, affirmative action has helped uh, the... Large, largely the the black and Latino mm-hmm. uh, Americans in the United States, but now after all those years, 
The Supreme Court on Thursday ruled affirmative action unconstitutional, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which means, again, that race can no longer be considered a factor in university admissions. Hannah, you have more on this. Sure. Now, the landmark uh, ruling upends decades-old U.S. policies on the so-called affirmative action, also known as positive discrimination, which was actually one of the most contentious issues in U.S. education. And with a conservative majority Supreme Court following up the repeal of abortion rights by placing restrictions on this policy, which takes into account racial diversity, ripples are expected throughout the American society. And the Supreme Court ruled 6-3 and 6-2 on Thursday local time that students for fair admissions constitutional challenge against the University of North Carolina and Harvard University respectively for discriminating against Caucasian and Asian applicants is unconstitutional. Now, the Chief uh, Justice uh, John Roberts wrote the opinion for the conservative majority saying that Harvard University and the University of North Carolina admissions programs violated the Equal Protection Clause because they failed to offer measurable objectives to justify the use of race. He also said the programs involve racial stereotyping and had no specific endpoint. Now, the recent U.S. Supreme Court decision will directly impact black and Hispanic students who have been the primary beneficiaries of affirmative action programs, like SJ said. And after banning the policy, the percentage of black and Hispanic students at Berkeley, which is the state's most prestigious public university, plummeted by nearly 50 percent, according to The Washington Post. Um, Again... As we mentioned, affirmative action doesn't really apply to Asian students mm-hmm. per se and Koreans being Asian. What what exactly is the impact on Koreans and maybe some of the other Asian students then? Well, actually, there are mixed views on that. In fact, according to a study released by Pew Research Center on June 8th, Koreans have a positive view of affirmative action itself. But 72% of Korean respondents oppose the idea of considering race in college admissions. Now, the Supreme Court's ruling could force U.S. colleges and universities to change their admissions practices. And it is expected that colleges and universities will comply with the Supreme Court's ruling and reduce their reliance on test scores or introduce other types of admissions to ensure educational diversity. And according to the New York Times, the ruling will cause a major upheaval as colleges and universities rethink their admission systems, which could have far-reaching ramifications, including limiting minorities opportunities to participate in society and restricting the consideration of race in the job market. Now, the White House said it would review the decision, and Chuck Schumer, the majority leader of the U.S. Senate and also a Democrat, expressed regret over the decision, while Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives and also a Republican, hailed the move as leveling the playing ground for students. I remember it was uh, a couple of years back, there was, I don't know if it went as far as to being a lawsuit, Mm -hmm. uh, but but an Asian student yeah. who had applied for Harvard, yeah. right? And he had a bunch of other Asian students mm-hmm. come along, and the Asian parents as well were on the same page. Yeah. And it was quite big at the Asian community at the mm-hmm. time. Because yeah. they had not, that particular kid had not gotten into missions, despite mm-hmm. the fact that he or she, I forgot if it was a he or she, had the grades, mm-hmm. had the SAT grades and the school grades and the, everything you could imagine to be accepted into mm-hmm. Harvard. Mm-hmm. And someone who was, of a minority that had lesser score and lesser grade got in over Mm. uh, and basically said 
said, is it because there's too many Asians in Harvard and now mm-hmm. Asians are basically being pushed out, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, mm-hmm. they're trying to be more proportional. And it was a huge ruckus mm. uh, with this. And so it is, there's there's been always a mixed, re- right. uh, I guess, criticism over the affirmative action, right? right? Like it's, it's only fair that if you have the grades, despite whatever race it may be, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know, it should be equal. Right. And a lot of people have been saying that affirmative action has been actually um, reverse racism for, mm-hmm. for people who actually did work hard and just because of their uh, their race. their race. And it's 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 who who has particularly uh, be been good in schools, they've actually have to be sacrificed through mm-hmm. this uh, mm-hmm. affirmative action. But we all have to uh, think that diversity. What is diversity? Is it race or is it uh, diverse um, different opinions of of what people have? It, it's this is a great conversation, I'm, and I'm glad that the Supreme Court kind of ruled this, so we can actually have a uh, a great conversation and dialogue on this issue mm-hmm. because it's been one for the past twenty years. Uh, we got a message in from one of our listeners, Shiv. Vang Shukla, uh, who I believe uh, was saying before that, uh, I don't know if you're a he or a she, but uh, studying in India, uh, mm-hmm. lived in India. Uh, college applications are really expensive. When I got into Stanford University, it was very hard for me to get scholarship being Indian. It wasn't hard for you to get scholarship because you were Indian. It was hard for you to get scholarship because you're an international student. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different with the international students. Like if you're an American citizen, uh, there's a number of scholarships and financial assistance that you can get. And uh, I know that uh, like Syracuse University was infamous for having many, many, many over uh, foreign students mm-hmm. because because the reason that they don't have to give any scholarships so as long as you can pay full tuition, mm-hmm. they'll just accept everybody. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it's just you're. It's very difficult to get scholarship if you're uh, an international student. Maybe it was that. I don't think it's because necessarily. Uh, you're Indian. Uh, let's turn our focus now to France uh, because there was a fatal shooting of a teenager which ignited a widespread mm. protest. Police officer under scrutiny for firing at a 17-year-old boy to prevent him from fleeing a traffic stop. The incident which happened just outside of Paris is now being a potential murder case right now and I believe uh, the nationwide protest is going into days right now. Jiang, uh, tell us more about this. Uh, yes, now unfortunately the streets of Paris have become a hotbed of protest and discontent after the fatal shooting of Nahel M, uh, Nahel M uh, known as a well-liked teenager. Nahel lived in the uh, v- uh, the Vupont neighborhood of Nanterre and was studying to be an electrician. Uh, his untimely death has sparked outrage and protests across the country. Now, the incident took place on the morning of the 27th when the officer was in the process of stopping the 17-year-old uh, named Nahel for a traffic violation. And according to the authorities, Nahel uh, attempted to drive off and the officer fired his gun and tragically, he didn't survive. Now, this case has been getting a lot of attention uh, particularly as video footage from the scene of the incident emerged. Prosecutors say they analyzed the video and spoken to other officers present at the scene, and they believe that the officer didn't meet the legal conditions for using his firearm. Now, also, the autopsy results show that Niall was killed by a single bullet that pierced his left arm and chest, and there were no drugs or dangerous items found in his car. 
Now, the response from the community has been overwhelmingly angry in uh, France. Now, protests have spread across France over the last three days, with many seeing the incident as a reflection of systematic racial discrimination by the French police. Now, many in France are drawing parallels between Nahel's death and the 2005 incident where Two, teen, two teenagers were electrocuted while running from the police. Now, these incidents serve a stark reminder of longstanding issues within the French society, particularly regarding tensions between law enforcement and minority communities. Really is a very unfortunate incident, obviously something that we often see uh, in the United States as well, a clash between uh, a certain group of people and the, uh, the police, but always... Uh, now that there are cameras on the police officers, you have to have valid reasons for why you shot uh, the gun. And it just can't be random reasons. You have to be literally your life has to be uh, under threat for the police officers to use the gun. And so obviously using looking at the uh, the video footages, that's not the case here. It was a just a regular traffic violation and uh, rarely do you even use uh, a gun in that case guys now let's move on to some uh, brighter news here we're going to talk mm -hmm. sports because our uh, under 17 football team defeated uzbekistan 1-0 uh, to reach the final of the 2023 afc under 17 asian cup and what does this mean well come this sunday they're going to take on no other than japan uh, for the title. Hannah, take us away with the, the, the sports news here. Yes, sure. Now, South Korea was stymied early on by Uzbekistan's defense, which led to some heavy attacking. However, in the 31st minute, Peginu scored against Uzbekistan, which is his third goal of the tournament and the winning goal. From there, South Korea dominated the midfield and had several shots, only to be denied by the goalkeeper. And toward the end of the game, South Korea was threatened by a couple of Uzbekistan counterattacks, but the team managed to defend well by substituting players one after another. And our national football team will take on Japan in the final. Meanwhile, the Japanese national team defeated Iran 3-0, uh, and the Japanese have won all four under-17 Asian Cups, including the last one. And the competition for top score is also fierce. Now, there is South Korea's Kim Myung-jun and Yoon Do-young, who are tied with four goals apiece, while Japan's Koei also has four. And now, our national national team continues to play attacking football, scoring 15 goals in total. And if they do beat Japan on Sunday, then they will win their first Asian Cup in 21 years. Yeah, uh, I believe the under-17 team has won the Asian Cup twice. Mm -hmm. uh, once was in 1986, and the other one was back in uh, 2002, mm -hmm. which you're right, then it's uh, 21 years ago. So whether it be the under-17, under Fly five, you know, anytime Korea plays Japan, it's always going to be uh, very, very fun. So mm -hmm. best of luck to the uh, young Tagak Warriors there. In the world of music this time, uh, victorious day for the South Korean contenders at the, uh, the Tchaikovsky International Competition. For the first time, Koreans achieved first place in the instrumental section of this uh, prestigious event. Uh, we're going to get more on this. Uh, Chiang, tell us more about the winners. Uh, sure. Now, according to Tchaikovsky International Competition website, three South Korean participants have won their respective categories. Now, Kim Gae-hee claimed victory in the violin category, and Lee Young-un triumphed in the cello category, and Son Ji-hoon was victorious in the vocal category. Now, this is a historic moment, as it's the first time that Korean 
Serbians have won in the instrumental section of this prestigious competition. Now, the Tchaikovsky International Competition was established in 1958 in Moscow, Russia, and is open to young musicians worldwide, aged between 16 and 32. Now, it is considered one of the top three competitions in the world of classical music. Now, there are also some other Korean t- participants who performed very well in this competition as well. Now, Chong Yino ranked joint second in the vocal category, and Park Sang-yuk placed third in the cello category, and flutist uh, Kim Yesong finished joint third in the woodwind category. Uh, in addition, Ye Su-a, who made it to the finals in the p- piano category, finished joint fourth, and Lee Dong-yeol placed fifth in the cello category. So it is a uh, victorious day for South Korean musicians. Yeah, and it's interesting because over the past uh, several years, now, uh, South Koreans have been dominating in the classical music uh, categories, right? I mean, we've been talking about like K-pop and mm-hmm. how K-pop is spreading worldwide, mm-hmm. but even K-classic, I mean, they've been really, really doing well. And obviously, even for myself, who's you know don't know much about the classical music, I know the Tchaikovsky International Competition is one of the major mm-hmm. ones out there. So congratulations to them. In the meantime, a major British magazine with a readership of uh, young, sophisticated, high-income professionals, <laughs> not like myself, uh, I guess I can't read this, uh, released an article under the theme of blend tradition and modernity in South Korea. Hannah, tell us what, what exactly is this about? Because I have I did not read this article. <laughs> well, same here, but it is a uh, British global affairs and lifestyle magazine named Monocle, and they recently published an eight-page feature on Korea in its July and August issue, uh, showcasing the Blue House, which is Cheongwadae and Busan, and Korean culture in general, including design, fashion, cuisine, and literature. Now, for more than a century, South South Korea has been influencing the United States and Europe and vice versa. And Monocle wrote in the foreword explaining that as a responsible actor on the international stage and a cultural powerhouse, it is a place where new ideas about everything from architecture to food to fashion blossom. And the article posted a photo of Cheongwadae, the Blue House, announcing that it has become a park open to public now. And in urban design, Monocle uh, uh, delivered the stories of up-and-coming architects and designers combining uh, modern technology with rich architectural heritage such as Hanok. And other urban renewal and regeneration spaces to visit include Cheonggyecheon in Seoul, Dongdaemun Design Plaza, Songyeondong, and Cheongju Eastern Warehouse. Now, in the shared culture section, which covered uh, fashion, Korean food, literature, the Korean language, and more, argues that Korean culture is quietly captivating the world beyond K-pop and K-dramas. Busan, Jeju Island, and Yangyang were also cited as places to visit and experiencing something special. In addition, the latest issue also features a ranking of the best cities to live in, with Seoul ranking at number 20. And Monocle touted Seoul for being cool and convenient at the same time. The city's infrastructure and healthcare system are top tier, the streets are clean, and the crime rate is extremely low. But it also stated that Seoul is a city that is
is quick to adopt、uh, global trends, and the vibrant atmosphere of startups is influencing the rigid corporate culture that needs reform. But on the other hand, it reveals that the dense population makes it difficult for young people to find decent housing, which is, of course, one reason for the collapse in the birth rate. Nevertheless, Seoul was ranked 11th and 12th in 2020 and 2021, respectively, for allowing citizens to live without being heavily affected by the pandemic. So we're down to、uh, 20, but I gotta say,、mm-hmm. Monocle. Is like the most stuck up name I've ever heard. <laughs>、oh, really? Is it kind of the equivalent of like the New Yorker or Vanity Fair? Like, which, which, is it like Times、magazine? I guess.、So. Yeah, something yeah, like the、yeah. Times or Vanity Fair or no, New Yorker. Well, well, what, what? But if you, if you hear the,、uh, the, new, the, what is it, the New Yorker, it's、mm-hmm. like, all right, maybe New Yorkers、mm-hmm. uh, read it. And then yeah, if you、yeah. hear like Vanity Fair, okay, maybe it's like fashion. But the monocle, you imagine people with monocles and like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of wearing their reading. Some fee fee foo foo stuff going on. <laughs> It、so、is. Covering you. But I have to say, though,、uh, Seoul for sure, though,、mm-hmm. uh, aside from the fact that. Uh, it's the, the housing is relatively expensive.、Uh, mm-hmm. It is a very good place to live. And even if you can't afford housing in, in Seoul, you could be just outside of the Seoul, and the transportation、yeah. is、uh, you know, so well put that it's, it's, not a, it's not a big problem. And let's just say I learned a whole lot <laughs> during my trip to London, and then Seoul、mm-hmm. is a great place to live. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, we talk about inflation and so forth, but、uh, the Things are the consumer prices is not as bad、uh, compared to some of the other countries、mm. out there. So I'm actually kind of surprised that、uh, it's dipped down to number 20, although it's you know, they're touting、uh, Seoul quite a bit in this particular magazine that I'm not going to read. Anyways, guys, thank you very much for your reports today. Have a fantastic weekend, and we'll see you guys again. Thank, thank you. you. You can listen to Korea Now with me, SJ Lee, by downloading the Arirang Radio application. Or tune in online by visiting www.arirangradio.com. So make sure you tune in Mondays through Fridays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Korea time.